0: I'm gonna call this meeting to order for the City of Iowa City special formal meeting on April 19th, 2022. It is 4 p.m. And I'm gonna start with roll call, please.
1: Alter? Here. Burgess? Here. Harmson? Here. Taylor? Here. Teague? Here. Thomas? Here. Weiner? Here.
0: All right, welcome everyone. And item number two is litigation. Can I get a motion to approve to executive session to discuss strategy with counsel in matters that are presently in litigation or where litigation is imminent, where a disclosure would be likely to pre- prejudice or dis- disadvantage the position of the f- governmental body in that litigation? Can I get a motion to adjourn to executive Thomas session?
1: Taylor. Second, Weiner.
0: Roll call, please.
2: Fergus? Yes. Harmson? Yes. Taylor?
1: Yes. Teague?
2: Yes. Thomas? Yes. Weiner? Yes. Alter?
1: Yes.
0: All right. We're going to go in there and we will be back. Yeah. We just left an executive session and now we're back in open session. Could I get a motion to adjourn, please?
1: So moved. Weiner.
3: Second,
0: Thomas. All in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? We're adjourned and to our work session for April twenty April nineteenth, twenty twenty two. And we are going to have the first item, which is Forest View Relocation Proposal Update. And we're gonna welcome Rachel Hilbert.
4: Hello, Marin City Council. Rachel Kilberg, Assistant City Manager. So, over the fa- past few work sessions, we've um, talked about plans to provide voluntary relocation assistance to the residents of the Forest View Mobile Home Park. Um, I do just want to acknowledge that that plan is the result of it probably close to a decade of work by Forest View residents, Center for Worker Justice, city staff, city council, past and present. So um, just wanted to quickly acknowledge everyone who's gotten us to this point, Um, but on your council agenda tonight is the resolution that would approve that uh, Forest View relocation plan. So I just wanted to take a little bit of time to walk you through that and provide a, a update of where we're at. So under that plan, each household that lived in Forest View at the time of the 2019 CZA would be eligible to receive $15,750 in relocation assistance. This was based on a calculation that considered the moving costs and the cost of a fair market rent for about 24 months. Um, And a household is defined as one mobile home unit. The households who have already moved out will be eligible to just get that full amount in one check, and then those who currently live there will receive 50% up front to help with the moving costs, the security deposit, all of that, and then 50% after they have vacated um, no later than December 9th of 2021. I'm sorry, 2022. Um, ARPA funds will be used to provide relocation payments to individuals who moved out after um, the onset of the pandemic in March of 2020. Um, That is presumed eligible per the U.S. Treasury. And then we'll use local funds to pay those households who don't meet that presumed eligibility criteria um, and as well as to compensate those households who moved out prior to March of 2020 but lived there at the time that the 2019 CZA was signed. Um, as we discussed in recent work sessions, the majority of households will be eligible under uh, ARPA, so their payments will not be taxable. Um, they're considered qualified disaster payments. Um, we do expect to have a handful of households who currently live there and then um, as well as those who moved out prior to the pandemic who would be using local funds, in which case their payments would be taxable income, um, which was a compromise we had made to to maintain federal compliance while also ensuring we could get... Um, relocation payments to all those households who live there um, in June of 2019. So all of our required uh, eligibility forms will be translated. We're using self-attestation to reduce um, the amount of barriers for households um, and streamline the process. And then uh, the Center for Worker Justice uh, has also agreed to serve as a resource for the households who are receiving these payments to assist them with finding new units to making their way through the process um, and accessing other assistance programs as needed. We met with the CWJ last week as well as the Tenants Association um, to compile those residency records, get ready and work out a process to, to get those eligible households ready to receive their check. And barring any kind of big unexpected hiccups, we expect that we'll be able to issue checks by the end of May. Um, so we'll be, we've planned two kind of eligibility clinics um, the first week of May with the Center for Worker Justice to complete those self-attestation forms. Um, we scheduled those on weekend and evening hours to really, Again, reduce those barriers um, and we'll have the CWJ there present to help with interpretation and translation. Um, once we have all that required paperwork uh, we just need a couple of weeks here on the inside um, to, or internally to um, cut those checks and then we expect those would be ready uh, mid-May or towards the end of May. Those first checks or the single check for the households that have already moved out. Um, we're compiling some other information to, to issue with the checks that just help help the residents know, um, taxability information, notes from um, if they need to transfer school, how to tra- stop or transfer the utility service, all that would be translated. Um, we'd, of course, refer them to any local agencies for any other forms of household assistance they might um, be looking for. But um, all in all, kind of our focus now is just uh, how quickly we can get those checks issued to the eligible households. Um, so they can start looking for new housing and move out by that December 9th date. Happy to take any
1: questions. Thank you.
0: Thanks. I do have uh, one question. I know that uh, CWJ is doing quite a bit of work um, in assisting, and I remember looking at Rose Oak, um, and we had an agreement with Shelter House to do some... um, to help with the resources. Are we considering at all to give CWJ some financial assistance for helping out the city?
4: Yeah, that's correct. I should have clarified. We've been in conversation with them about kind of what sort of additional services outside of their normal scope of work they'll be providing, and we're um, gonna find a number to compensate for that For that as okay.
0: well. Okay. And you won't need council involvement on that?
4: I believe the resolution provides all the authority that's needed.
0: Okay, all right, great. I think that's all. Thank you. Thank you. Any further conversation by council on this?
1: No, I think we'll have it. I think we'll have a, a chance to talk in public this evening at the formal meeting, which is okay. so.
0: great. All right. We're going to move on to the next agenda item, which is our senior center master plan. And I'm going to invite Latasha up to speak with us. Welcome.
5: Good evening, mayor, council members. Um, well, we made it here, very excited to be here to talk to you all about the master plan. It's been in the works since about December of 2019, so COVID kind of threw us through a little loop, um, but we are here. Um, I just wanted to first, um, they don't know that I was gonna do this, but thank the team that has been working, um, everything we do here at the city is usually team, col- as a collective of us working together, so been working with our building, our facilities manager, Kumi Morrison, Ben Clark from engineering as well as Redmond and and Jeff on how do we move forward with our facility master plan. So I wanted to make sure that I threw their names out (laughs) in um, full support of the work that we've been doing. I'm very excited about the Senior Center um, master plan. Um, It's going to be a community-changing opportunity for us here at the city. Um, It will include renovations that will draw more individuals, I believe, um, into the space. It will allow us to be able to serve our population and populations to come in the future and in a much more accessible way. Um, so we're definitely looking forward to that as well as allowing our building that's already currently rentable to be more rentable for, for others for uh, in the community. Um, as well as people know a lot about the potential of the k- kitchen that we have there with some of our interior design it will open up that opportunity for folks around the community as well to utilize that space. Um, so the Senior Center Facility Master Plan is broken up into three phases the first phase is our exterior um, phase which is something that we just have to do as you know keepers of that building we own that building there are some definite things that are more emergent as well as there are some things that just need to be done at that building for its upkeep whether that's just um, preventing water from coming through the building etc so um, the beginning part of the CIP um, uh, dollars that we have will be utilized to go to that first phase which is to work on the exterior of the building. Things get a little bit different when we get into phase two and three because we're looking directly at the interior of the building and as you all know that this is just the the, the pre-planning of, of the phase of this and I know that OPN will go into that so we're kind of visioning what the building can and will be and so those, those dollars look a little different when we start looking at the interior of the building but we'll get into that a little bit more as we get into the design phase about what works what won't work and again we're dealing with a historic building, so we do have some some things that we have to be cautious about, especially with our lobby and and other areas of the building. So, but again, OPN will get into some of those pieces. I think it's really important that. Um, there are some limits to our budget that might not allow us to get to the level of, uh, of our climate goals that we want to get to um, just due to some budgetary as well as location issues that prevent us from be going, becoming exactly net zero. Um, but we'll be able to do some reductions with the plan that you all will be able to see and have seen already through. Um, some of the memo and presentation that's already been in the packet. So um, there'll be um, an overall budget will be able to allow us to do quite a bit of renovations, but we definitely will need to um, seek additional funds, whether that's through grants, whether that's through uh, fundraising, et cetera, that we'll be working with Friends of the Center to do some of that work, but we still unfortunately will fall short of the number that we're currently looking at to do a full renovation. Um, but what we're going to do is over the next six to 12 months is we're really going to dig in. Um, We have full support from city manager's office, obviously from you all to do what we need to do to keep the center going and full and full of life and as vibrant as as it is. We're going to take the next 6 to 12 months to really explore with the dollar amount that we're looking at. Um, I think we're going to be about 6 six to eight million short of the full renovation that we really need to do. Um, And so because of that, we need to look at where those dollars are going to go in the building knowing that if we continue to maintain in our current building, there's some things that we won't be able to address just because of location, et cetera. Um, But we are going to spend those months exploring. I'm going to work with a consultant, and we're really going to dig in and talk with our stakeholders and do focus groups, et cetera, about what does it look like to be here, or what does it look like to potentially be in a different location? And so um, the city is completely committed to us. Look, this is my job, so I believe that they're committed to continuing to continue to do everything that's necessary, we're going to keep the center going, but we're going to look at what options are, and it might be just a really awesome building that's here, but it might be somewhere else, but we don't know, but we're definitely not doing anything without our stakeholders, without our members, and without the community support, so I would like to um, introduce to you all here in a second Joshua Moe, <clears throat> excuse me, Joshua Mo from OPN. Um, when we first started this project, we were with a different architectural firm, um, but they were able to come in and, um, after some things we couldn't control with that with that uh, original contract and then came in and helped us with our assessments and really was able to finish up the master plan. So at this time, I'd like to bring to the podium Joshua Moe from OPN to give you all an overview of the CN Center master plan.
0: Great. Welcome.
6: Hello. have visual aids mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, is there anything i need to do in addition to wait for that to warm up okay um, well i will
0: and, just And counsel can see it up here
6: oh you can okay great yes. well um my name is Josh Moe with OPN Architects, um, and I had the privilege of working with Latasha on this assessment. Um, and also there was a large group of people who were engaged also. So uh, uh, we had a lot of the staff the senior center, uh, Ben and Kumi were also mentioned, the city manager's office. We presented to the senior uh, center commission, as well as worked with historic preservation staff. Um, and it wasn't just OPN, we also had a, a large team of consultants too who worked with us um, on this. So thanks to everybody who was involved in that. Um, as Latasha said, another um, firm had started this work and um, was, uh, was unable to finish it. So we, we came in and we, we collected the same consultant group and brought it to the finish line. Um, and we had a series of meetings and uh, there is a report that uh, you guys should all have access to. It's several hundred pages, so I'll do my best to synthesize that for you guys um, today. Um, we are in the very, very, very beginning of a design process So we'll show you some ideas of what floor plans could look like. Those were used to generate cost estimates. Um, But um, there is a lot of work to do and um, bringing I think the project and the budget into alignment is one of those big steps that needs to happen as well as some of the work that Latasha is gonna engage. Um, But the first project that um, we'll be starting is is the envelope work. Um, And that'll be going through a full design process. And that I think will illuminate how much money is left in the budget after they start to tear into a into an old building. Uh, the building itself is a fascinating building, if you guys uh, um, remember being there for the last several council meetings. Um, it was actually originally constructed in 1904. There was a major, major uh, addition added in 1931. Um, When the post office moved to the federal building across from the courthouse, that's when the city um, and and the the senior center did a major renovation of that building, and that was back in in 1981. It's listed on the National Register of Historic Places. It's a contributing building in downtown historic, uh, Iowa City's downtown historic district. Um, But that's the last major building uh, investment was 1981. There's been some important uh, renovation work, some important uh, work to make it safer, to make it more accessible. But no, let's shut down the whole building and completely reinvest for 40 years now. Um, just a little fun picture. That's the front of the building as it was in 1904 facing Washington Street. Um, then in 1931, they flipped the building 90 degrees and moved it to Lynn Street. You can see the sooty old building there and they just sort of built around it. Um, kind of makes you scared about what was in the air between 1904 and 1931. Um, and for the most part, that's what the building looks like today though. Um, you can see in this picture, um, some key things that we'll talk about. There is the parking garage and there's a sky bridge that connects to the third floor. That's one of the main entrances to the building. This building is a is a beautiful Beaux-Arts building with a, um, a very clear architectural entry. I mean, you just look at the building and you know where the front door is. Unfortunately, that's up a bunch of steps, so it's not an accessible entrance. Um, and then if you look in the, in the other side of the building on, on, on uh, Washington Street is where that accessible entrance is. So sort of setting you up for one of the big challenges of the building is, is entry and understanding where the front door is and how do you find your place once you've arrived in the building. Um, There's also a really interesting artifact we'll talk about in a second. Um, You can almost see it right above the 19 in 1981, and that's actually a piece of the building that was carved away for the skywalk that's interpreting how the building is built, which leads us to some interesting challenges for uh, fixing the envelope of the building. Uh, In meeting with the the senior center staff, um, we learned a lot about what their needs were. Um, Accessibility, accessibility, accessibility is key to this group. Um, The users of this group do, a lot of them, have mobility issues. There's currently one elevator that's um, about as much space as you want to devote in that size of building, and so the current plan shows just renovating that elevator, but only one elevator that's heavily used. Um, It's also um, the city's sustainability goals for uh, both energy reduction, but potentially uh, getting to uh, carbon neutral building was something we pushed really hard at. It is absolutely a cost driver for the project, but we can do it. Um, but it's something that was important to the staff and important to us. Um, and other things that I wanted to underline, too, was good. Just being able to navigate the building is making it more user friendly um, and also support the mission um, of the senior center. Um, This building is, by the way, a beautiful historic building. It's in, it needs some uh, attention, but it has a lot of life left in it. And it also is a a really important building to the downtown Iowa City. So we always looked at this too with a lens of, it ought to look like that building when we're done with it. And it should be vibrant and exciting and modern um, on the inside, but also retain all the historic integrity that's there. In addition to the things we learned from uh, Latasha and her team, Um, just by examining the building, we learned that the envelope, uh, has some pretty serious challenges to it, um, and we'll show some pictures later of those issues. Um, they can be resolved, but they need to be addressed, and they are becoming safety concerns. Um, the other thing I said earlier with the three-man entrances is just a reality of this building, um, and the elevator, and then the funding. So these pictures here, um, as you imagine, old limestone building. At one point, all of the joints were sealed up. And over time, those joints open up. They'll all need to be put back together again. That's just normal building maintenance. Um, the more challenging problem would be the very top of the building. The, the, the baluster across the top is leaning a little bit. Um, it's, it's, not, it's really just a masonry wall. It's not tied back to anything. Um, and it's, it's noticeably moved. So it needs to be deconstructed and, and rebuilt. Um, and that can be done. We do that all the time. Um, but it, it, at a certain point, it leans so far, it's it's dangerous. We don't believe it's there yet, but we also don't know if it's done moving, so it's we want to fix that. There's some water damage in the building. We believe that's probably where water is entering the building, is at that joint between the roof and that top part of the wall, um, and then migrates through the building. So again, it makes sense to fix the outside before you spend any money on interiors. Um, The last thing to point out is there's a a really deep projecting portion of the building where there's a flat limestone surface, and um, this is that thing that's um, sort of, I don't know if anybody really notices it on the side of the building, That's a piece of the building that was removed for the uh, the skywalk, and that big, long, horizontal piece of limestone is actually kind of like a teeter-totter, and it's held in place by a metal rod on the inside of the building. And so we um, are recommending that we go look at those metal rods to make sure that that thing, the teeter-totter tension component, stays in place. Again, that's going to cause damage to the interior, so it just makes sense to do all this outside stuff first. Um, So, as we go through the prioritized list of things, the envelope is first. Um, and then the senior center staff was very clear that the kitchen was, was a high, high priority for them, for a community need, um, for rental space, um, for, for education space. Um, the kitchen is, is not functional in its current state, um, but could be a, both a revenue generator for them, but also can really support their mission. Um, and this is the part of the building where we actually did work with the kitchen consultant and get a fairly specific design so we could get a good cost estimate for that. We understood this would be towards the front end of the, of the project. The, the next initiatives are just bubble diagrams um, because we know there's a lot of work to do on, on, on getting budget and alignment and then also just understanding um, what, um, where this building needs to be or where this program needs to be. Um, So these aren't in any particular prioritized order. This is just top of the building working down. Um, We wanted to bring the function of the building in alignment with the four pillars of the senior center. So the upstairs is lifelong learning. They currently have classroom space up there. There's some acoustical challenges because you can hear everything happening in the next room. Um, So uh, uh, re-envisioning those classroom spaces to be more functional um, and to... uh, just freshen up the spaces and, and bring them the technology that we all expect and need for Zoom meetings and you know, sort of hybrid in-person and digital things. Also acknowledging that this is a main entry of the building and having some sort of entry at that skywalk. Right now you enter and you just sort of arrive at somebody's office, there probably needs to be a, a more uh, appropriate entry the mezzanine floor which was originally I don't, not maybe everyone has been there uh, it was where the postmaster resided where he could sort of look down over the mail sorting floor which is where you guys had your your, your council meetings um that that space uh, we're recommending is for administrative functions um, for the, the safety and, and wellness of the of the staff it makes sense to put all of them together in an office suite where if they needed to they could be separate from the public um, they could potentially collaborate even more effectively. Uh, Right now, there's some sort of public functions in their office suite, so this is an opportunity to maybe make a nice distinction for that zone. Um, The main hall, the kitchen would be the major project, um, but then that that space also needs some minor um, uh, upgrades. Uh, Honestly, there's some beautiful historic terrazzo floors we'd recommend keeping. There's beautiful woodwork we recommend keeping. Um, There's maybe some lighting updates, but really this is a a sort of refinishing of of existing finishes. And then finally, the lowest level um, is currently the grade level or ground level, and uh, this is one of the three plans that we showed to historic preservation staff. Um, We uh, really like the idea of uh, reinventing the front door to make it accessible, but keeping those doors there and having a a way to arrive in the building where you look right at the elevator, you see the stairs. It's a more clear vertical circulation uh, diagram, so we don't need a bunch of signs. People just intuitively know when they walk in where that is. This would be the wellness floor, so effectively gym space, uh, weightlifting and cardio spaces. Um, And uh, this is probably a much more aggressive clean it all out, start over. There's not a lot of historic fabric down there. Um, And as a gym space, it has a sort of different character and need anyway. Um, We did show other options for this. And I think that, you know, if this project progresses forward, there's opportunities for um, different ways to enter the building. If we don't want to disrupt the front, um, we're showing an op- one option where maybe there's an after-hours meeting room where you could close the whole building off but only have one area. Um, but all this would happen when we have a better sense of what the budget is and what the needs are. Um, but there's there's options and we have enough here to identify costs. Um, energy and carbon reduction is a big driver for this project. Um, and we were recommending complete replacement of heating and cooling systems to arrive at that. To move from the current system that's more like your house where it's hot and cold air moving through ducts to decoupling fresh air and heating and cooling. Um, And that's uh, um, one of the strategies to get us down to a a net zero building. Um, There's not a good way to um, do on-site renewable energy production But it's appropriate and actually best for this particular situation to just buy green energy um, or offset it somewhere else. Uh, But that's how you would how you would arrive at that. The roof is full of stuff. The parking garage, we briefly looked at that. It it, it seems complicated and expensive to you could arrive at the same place and have a net zero building. So um, it's possible, but it's a cost driver. Um, If we can do a a major renovation of the project, it's the opportunity to do that now, though, is to change those systems out because they're all above a ceiling. We put in all new lights and everything. That's the time to do it. Um, With a smaller budget and a smaller project, there could still be a a meaningful uh, renovation to the building, but you would, I think, miss an opportunity to completely re-envision the heating and cooling systems which are driving the energy uh, use for the building. This little chart here is uh, energy use intensity. Uh, The building is currently maybe a little higher than we'd like it to be. Um, The middle column is 45% reduction, which could be done um, with some minimal upgrades and changes, and the far right column, uh, no carbon, uh, is achievable for this building, um, but um, at, at I guess, a cost. And those costs. Um, I think you guys have seen in the, in the, the packet, we've broken it into three pieces. Um, the exterior envelope um, is probably has the most unknowns in it because it's an old building. We feel this is an appropriate amount. There's contingency built into this number, um, but um, it's necessary for now. And that includes stone restoration as well as some window work and then some small roof repairs where we're rebuilding that exterior parapet I described, the leaning part of the building. Um, the kitchen project, kitchens are, commercial kitchens are very expensive, house kitchens are very expensive, um, and so that's project number two, and then you'll see the, the, the last parts of the project are, uh, we're currently saying $9 million, and that's, that's in today dollars, so the report that we provided did show escalation over five years and ten years, but I'm, I, we threw larger than normal numbers at it. But we're all in a moment where uh, guessing how much things are going to cost in ten years is is tricky. So I want to just say that out loud, and it's, it's written in the report. Also, um, we've projected five and ten year costs, but um, we don't know what that is. And so, um, as Latasha said. The current design that we have is about seven million over the allocated uh, CIP funding in today dollars. Do you guys have any questions?
1: I mean, I'm actually really glad that you that you addressed the question of not knowing or not being able to know the costs going forward because that was actually something that i was going to ask like we've seen construction costs and material costs just go sky high and other and other things that people have estimated end up being when when we get the estimate when we take it out to bid and get the estimates in, it's much higher than we because i mean who knows right now and i so i think we really need to be honest uh, about that that we just don't know
7: Can you talk a little bit about the kitchen renovation and what all that number includes as far as that kind of first floor changes that would be made concurrent with that, knowing that that's at the beginning?
6: Sure. So the kitchen is fortunate in that it's on its own air handling unit. So it'd be completely new mechanical systems for that space. Um, there is um, every surface would be removed in, in this current plan, All the flooring, finished material, the ceilings, the walls. And this is a complete of this, reconfiguration of the space, all new architectural services, surfaces, and all equipment. It's kind of why we took this plan, which actually shows equipment a little bit further than the other stuff, because we wanted to get equipment costs in there. But um, it's set up with a, a dry storage room, an area with laundry, because they will teach laundry to people. If you've lost a spouse who's been doing your laundry your entire life, they teach that. Um, they can teach kit, uh, cooking for big classes, cooking for one. Um, they um, can also use it just as a functional commercial kitchen too. Uh, the large walk-in cooler currently occupies a ton of space in there and it's uh, wildly underutilized. So it give some of that space back to make this into a more of a learning, um, a learning kitchen Um, with 12, maybe 15 people in person, and uh, we would amenitize it with uh, technologies that would allow you to broadcast. But that's that's the whole project cost.
7: Okay, thank you.
6: Is there
0: any expansion of the kitchen or just working within its current confines?
6: We are keeping the kitchen in its same footprint because we did not want to disrupt the big two-story ballroom space. So, we eliminate one of, the, one of the big overhead doors It's currently where there's a dishwash area that you may or may not think of as part of the kitchen. There's also a dishwashing si- uh, situation here in the bottom right corner, but um, it would be much more open and feel like more of the kitchen, I think. Um, there is a small office too that we're, we're taking away, but um, it's, it's mostly the same footprint. Okay. You the, had uh, mentioned that there was some leakage coming from the roof. Um, and that you thought that might be the balustrade, but uh, is there any chance that there, we could be looking in the exterior that there might be some other issues up there? Uh, what, what is that currently? What system is up there on that flat roof? And- so the roof was replaced in, excuse at is it 2008? Yeah, so the, the roof appears to be in reasonably good condition, That the flat white part. Um, it's where that meets the stone part is where we're concerned. And also the stone joints there's uh, where two pieces of limestone meet one another, uh, appear to be open in a lot of places. They just need to be sealed up. So it's, there's a lot of potential places where the water could be coming in and it's always tough to sort of find that one spot. So this project would do the whole thing. So- Is it currently a rubber roof up there or what it's- I believe it's a PVC. So a plastic material, but thermoset. And most of that, by the way, we're assuming it can be reused it can be the new part could be patched into it because huh. we believe that it still has life into it and we don't want to throw anything away that still has life in it so thank you
3: the uh, memo talks about as part of this later phases the high level discussion as to whether it is prudent to consider alternative locations that may better serve the targeted population and this this has already been mentioned but i i this part of it kind of concerns me and is curious to me as to what what are we what are we really talking about there in terms of alternative locations another location in the downtown or you
6: I, know. we didn't it wasn't my job to study other locations I'm pretty comfortable talking about the program that was identified to us and how it would work in this space mm-hmm. um, but um, there were some challenges like the single elevator and the accessibility and the three entrances that are not resolvable, um, and so we left it at that. This could be, this is an amazing senior center. It can continue to be an amazing senior center here, but um, I think everyone's just doing their due diligence. If you're going to spend that much money, is is it a perfect building for it? Mm-hmm.
5: Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're the one who should answer that. (laughs) Um, I think also we had some commissioners and other folks saying this is a lot of money. This is beyond the money that we have for CIP. Have we thought about looking at other locations? So we're just going to take a moment and look at it, but we're completely committed to being at our current location because it's, it's historic for us to be there so it's just like okay what else could could we you know and we have some other opportunities and we have a lot we would have a lot to discuss and we know there are people that are firm about being in that location but we it's a due diligence thing right making sure that we're just following up knowing that it's such a large amount of money that if there's some other options that we go ahead and yeah, I, and look at and, and if you know folks are saying no and they're willing to support us doing I, that then of I, course I
3: understand we're doing that it's you know it's You have to ask the question. Absolutely. It's a big question.
5: It is a it is a big (laughs) question, uh, trust
3: me. You know, you have ecumenical towers next door and you know a a number of things I'm sure in terms of how one accesses uh, and, and of bus-wise and so forth, you know, what the bus routes are. It's, co- it's a complicated question.
5: It's a very complicated question. And because some of the issues that are not going to be able to be addressed, even with this large renovation, is parking. We can't get a bus route closer to the door because of how the streets are fixed. So, you know, you know some of our commissioners and other folks were like, well, let's at least do our due diligence and mm-hmm. look and see if there's another option. But we're definitely completely committed to being in our downtown location.
8: Thank you, um, Latasha, for your compassion and your caring for this, it, I mean, truly is a beautiful piece of Iowa City history, beautiful building. And uh, I appreciate the thought of finding somewhere else, but it just seems like, and with your planning, that this level will be for this, this level for that. I mean, you've really thought that out, and it, I think it would be hard to find something comparable that you could separate out those activities. And you'd mentioned it being a benefit to the community, and uh, it, it really does um, serve for the health and welfare of, of people, and even, even young I just noticed, and I think Laurel will appreciate this, that the, the Family Folk Machine is having a concert again very soon, and that includes young people, and it's just a, it's a great thing, and uh, that uh, whether you have the concert at the Englert or if you, you have a smaller one in that, uh, I think you called it the ballroom space, uh, it, it really tends well for, for that, and, and people, people enjoy that. That's so awesome. thank you. Thank you to you and your, the commission and, and all the folks that have been working on this. This might be
1: prognosticating in ways that are not possible to do, but
4: how confident do you feel um, you can get six to eight million in fundraising?
5: <laughs> I'm sorry, I know that's a <laughs> bonus round. Um, we are going to do a study, um, Friends of the Center, which is our our arm of our fundraising for the center is going to do a study here coming up um, in our next fiscal year to look at a feasibility study. We're not sure. Um, Six to eight million dollars is a lot of money. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm not saying I'm that confident that we can get to that number. What I hope is, is that after we do this feasibility study, after we talk to our stakeholders and members, et cetera, if we decide to stay in this space, that we will be able to refine our design study on the inside and there are some things we're just gonna have to give up.
4: That was my follow-up question is sort of like, you know, when you're planning a budget, like here's my Cadillac, here's my Toyota, and here's my Pinto, right? Mm-hmm. So I was
5: wondering if that if that had started, if those conversations had yes, kind of, the plan we you don't have want before, to go to Pinto, but, but you know. <laughs> or the plan before you is our platinum plan. I just want to be really clear about that, but I'm not opposed to silver. I can do. Kind of look similar. <laughs> like gold, right? <laughs> but, platinum, gold. Right. We, you know, I, I think we put out, this is what would make us, just, we're already incredible. This will just take us over the top, right? And being able to do these things, especially our wellness area, because this really is one of our biggest parts of that draws people in because $40 a year versus some of the other locations, you just can't beat it, especially the equipment is incredible. So it allow us really a lot of that work is gonna go in that lower level, but we wanted to invest there, we wanted to envision what it would be like to truly serve the people that we wanna serve um, in that space. And so, like I said, that's our platinum plan. But as we said, we're in the visioning and I don't know about dreaming small. So we, we're dreaming big and we realize that there's some refinement that can help bring that cost down. Again, back to Council Member Gen- <laughs> Weiner saying, that, you know, we don't know the cost. We don't know what it looks like, you know. It looked like one number when we first started this plan, and now it's looking like a different number. So, we, you know, we have our fingers crossed about the platinum plan, but we, we are okay. We can make do, let me be honest, we can make do with what we have, but we know we deserve better. We know that our population deserves better. And we're appreciative of the CIP dollars that have been allotted because we haven't had a major renovation in 40 years. So we are grateful for every dollar raised, every grant that will come in the current dollars that we have.
7: I just like what you said, that it's well-deserved
1: as well. So you
3: know. I, I'm a strong believer in, you know, when you create a vision and you explain very clearly where the money is going, you know, what the improvements will be, the fact that our major renovation hasn't taken place in 40, over 40 years, that um, often you've, the, the money will appear, <laughs>
5: Um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to stand in that energy for this project. <laughs> and I also, you know, you hope for the best and you plan for the worst. And so I know people love this It's center. good to have contingencies. Yes, and, we have and contingencies. What's but essential
3: and what's, what are betterments that, you know, if, if the money's there, we could, we could tap into them. But um, I, I'm always impressed with how when you think in a visionary way, uh, the money will, will show up.
5: Well, as long as we have you all support and just know <laughs> that CIP can always be expanded, so we are open to anything that you all are able to support us in our mission to improve services to seniors. I think our,
8: the community support, too, it's been shown. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. The fundraising's been excellent for the Engler, the film scene, the the public library, it's been there. Our community comes out when, when we need it. And, yes, and, and so we I'm, have some time.
5: We have a little yeah. bit, of, not a lot of time, yeah. but so we I'm have a hopeful. little bit of time to to work towards this goal, and so our hope is to once we have this kind of finalized to start working on uh some of that to to see if we can move the dollars around a little bit to be able to do the best work we can and, and, and get things moved around in the building
1: you mentioned grants as well Natasha. so that there are there federal grants state grants or, or-
5: We think there's all different types of grants. We've been talking with our our Historic Preservation folks about some some grants around there, other uh, grants that might be out there. Um, There may be even somewhere in the ARPA dollars, there might be some opportunities there. Um, You know, obviously fundraising, and I want you all to be prepared to come to any galas and speak to other people for us um, (laughs) that will help us to get to where we need to to be able to do the renovations that we need to.
8: I think also the ADA has come up quite often. I think there are probably some things with compliance for that where you could get hopefully some funding for those items too.
5: Yeah, absolutely. We, we I wanna be really clear that we are ADA. It's Currently, about accessibility, right, right. Right. right? It's about that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different dream. And so we we want to be able to have tables that can rise up and down when we're in that kitchen so that if you're in a wheelchair or if you're able to stand or if you prefer to stand, it's you have those options when you take that class. And so those things cost additional money rather than just a table we're rolling in there. Um, so we want to be as accessible as possible because we don't we want to be able to serve whoever comes to the door.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yes. You're beginning with the end in mind. Dreaming always, big. Always. Love it. Love it. Love it.
2: <laughs> Any other items? Yeah, just to help frame frame that conversation up. Um, in a couple of months, you'll probably have the, the rec facilities master plan, and I think one of the things we'll be looking at are what are the opportunities that come together with both of those. You can expect that you'll see um, significant capital costs identified in that plan when you look at our existing rec centers, potential fu- future rec centers, pools, and things like that. So. Um, uh, uh, I think we've got a really good plan here. dress the exterior uh, in the way that it needs to be addressed these next few, uh, th- this next year, and then uh, you know we'll be able to consider kind of everything together uh, going forward. But the. The three, uh, three and a half million that we have in the CIP for the interior work's a great start and we can, I think we can stretch that a long way and, and improve that facility quite a bit. Hopefully there's some additional funding. Six to eight million in fundraising, probably not r- realistic, uh, in this case, but, uh, there'll definitely be some value added fundraising that we can pursue to, um, continue to make the center the, you know, the, the attraction that it is.
0: Great. All right. We will move on to clarification of agenda items. Nothing. We're going to go to info packet April 7th.
7: I'll just highlight IP2, which was a letter from Mediacom regarding their affordable connectivity program, um, which provides a discount for internet service, and that folks couldn't. It sounds like there's relatively broad eligibility for that program, and that folks can register. On the Mediacom website or at FCC.gov. I was going to ask staff, if you happen to know, Jeff, if uh, I'm on, I mean, it sounds like there's a federal program or other ISPs participating the same way?
2: Yes. I think no matter who your service provider is, you can go to the FCC site and many of them, including I'm on, are participants.
7: Great. So affordable connectivity program. Just want to promote that.
1: Well, yeah, so will we also be pushing that out and promoting it, or is that for the, for the um, providers to do?
2: We, we typically have the, allow the providers to do that, but if council wishes, we can try to get a sense of who's participating in our area and, and send that out.
1: I think it's something that, I mean, I don't know if we do it or someone else does it, I think it would be useful to have it consolidated. I also think it would be useful to have it in at least a couple of languages if, that's, if something like that is possible because there are plenty of people who may need the services who, who, for whom English may not be completely accessible.
0: Yeah, I think getting our communication team... Involved just to kind of do some messages on Facebook and other social media sites would be great. Okay. Any other items from April seventh?
6: Probably worth highlighting the um, uh, the call for volunteers for the climate action event this coming Earth Day. Um, sounds like a really, uh, cool program where volunteers walk through a neighborhood in Iowa City, uh, go door to door with packages to help, uh, homes be more, uh, energy efficient. Um, something that the city's done before and, uh, uh, last I knew, anyway, they're still looking for volunteers to help out, uh, two different shifts, uh, 9 a.m. to noon and three to five on, uh, Saturday,
0: April 23rd, this coming Saturday. All right, April packet, April fourteenth.
1: Um, with, res- with respect to uh, IP four, which is pending city council work session topics, there's somewhere in our materials uh, there there was discussion of um the indigenous peoples and indigenous peoples day coming up i would i would really if we if we could get consensus i would love to push forward some at least some version of land acknowledgement by the time we hit it indigenous indigenous peoples day i think that would be it doesn't have to be what others are using i, I sent the city manager um what I thought was a really helpful video that someone forwarded me that the, the university group ha- has done that it sort of explains different levels and what, what language you could use and what you, that, that the, there are a whole variety of ways to approach it.
0: I do know it's a pending work section, session. So um, if council wants to have that discussion, we can certainly try to figure it out um, before then
1: we have plenty of time i just wanted i wanted to raise it now because i thought it would sure. be really good if that could all um come to dovetail at um in october this year yeah that sounds good thank you
2: do you want to pick a date to schedule that or you want uh, staff to just work with the mayor and mayor pro tem and figure out what that needs to be okay any other items from april 14th
0: All right, we're going to bring up USG. So the University of Iowa student government, welcome.
9: Hello, council. How are you all today? Awesome and amazing. Good to hear. Um, so, USG is gonna have a new administration starting Saturday, April 30th. The inauguration is gonna be at the Old Capitol Mall starting at 1.30. All of you are welcome to come. Um, U-Iowa is also now a bee certified campus, reinforcing Iowa's commitment to protecting pollinators. Uh, pretty cool um, sustainability action. Speaking of, uh, USG passed a anti-carbon capture bill that the uh, GR committee presented to Senate a couple weeks ago. Uh, we will be sending this legislation to the Iowa Utilities Board, who votes on the carbon capture pipeline that will be going through Iowa, known as the Navigator CO2 pipeline. Um, USG uh, changed our bylaws wording of Latinx to Latina constituency senator for the constituency senator seat. Um, The UIowa Campaign to Organize Graduate Student COGS uh, petitioned to divest the Teachers Insurance and Annuity Association um, from its billions of dollars from oil, fracking, gas, and coal that it receives, um, uh, or funds. uh, moving past, or, oh my gosh, sorry, we have a lot of sustainability announcements today. Um, the last one uh, relates to UIO um, receiving $21 million as a member of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's um, $360 million consortium to improve the nation's ability to predict water-related hazards and effectively manage water resources. Um, Finally, um, I will be transitioning to the city liaison position May 3rd, and and May 3rd will be Anna's last day. Um, That will also be the day that we get our new deputy city liaison. So we're going to have, like, a big, a little, (laughs) and another big. Um, So that will be pretty fun. Um, That's all. Thank you.
1: Can I ask you a quick question? Oh, of course. Um, where, do you know where the um, the rental checklist stands currently at the, in the State House?
9: Oh, uh, I actually don't know, but I can follow up with you after after this meeting. Awesome.
0: All right. Thank you. Council updates on assigned boards, commissions, and committees.
7: none. Oh, I should mention, I'm sorry, CPRB has its forum tomorrow evening, the 20th, at, I believe, starting at 6 p.m., right, Kelly? Um, Which is on Zoom, and you can register online to attend that.
6: Okay.
0: We did have our joint entities meeting yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, And I thought that was a pretty good meeting we had. uh, Matt Dagner, And the school superintendent kind of gives some updates about their facilities plan. Um, It was unfortunate that we didn't hear from Guidelink, but they plan to be at our next meeting, which would be in June, correct? Yes. And that meeting will be hosted by the city of Corville. All right. Any other updates? Hearing none, we're going to be adjourned until 6 p.m.